Welcome to the Walk Around Podcast. Our goal is to share with you the insights, the skills, the processes, and the leaders that are influencing the retail automotive landscape today. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Funch, as always, joined by Danny Vendrell. Danny, what's up? How's it going, Nick? Good to see you. Happy New Year. Yes, sir. We're in a whole new year. A whole new year. Get to hit the reset button for 2022. Excited about our conversation today. Our guest is Bo Jarrett, who is a vice president of um, sales in our southeastern zone for JMA Group. Um, what'd you get out of the conversation today with Bo? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the great reset, like you said, it's such a good time to kind of look back, look at the learnings from last year, but then think through, well, where are you going to place your bets for this year? What do you want to work on? What do you want to get better? And, and always in a pursuit of of growing. So talked about some of the trends, talked about some things to think about, things that he's seen uh, in the Southeast. And it was a great conversation. Yeah, I think a couple of things stood out for me that I would encourage you to listen for is the importance of small steps um, and kind of inspecting what you expect um, with your people. So uh, take a listen. Bo Jarrett, Vice President of Sales uh, in the Southeastern Zone for JMA Group. Bo, welcome to the Walk Around Podcast. Glad you're here. Hey, Nick, how are you? Glad to be I'm here. I'm doing good. Hard to believe we're already two weeks into the new year. It's crazy, isn't it? Unbelievable. But, and, and what a year it was. One for yeah. the ages. I don't think anybody could have really predicted it, but uh, happy to have it behind us. Yeah, for sure. And I think one thing I love about uh, retail automotive is kind of a, you reset every month annually. All those kinds of goals always uh, end up resetting. And I think it'll be interesting to see. We saw such big performance numbers in 2021. It'll be interesting to see kind of how those grow. Um, and kind of what happens with those trends as we, you know, move into 2022. But before we get into all that good stuff, we got plenty of time for that. Like, how, how did you get into retail automotive? Talk to us about um, about that. Uh, kind of the short, sweet version of that is I was in the restaurant business for a long time. Actually, did a little bit of fishing guide uh, activity, just all with people. Love talking to them, and was a bartender during my college years, and was introduced to to the dealer. Uh, where I went to school and kind of the rest is history. Kind of closed me on the spot, started selling cars and worked my way into finance pretty quickly and uh, have been hooked ever since. Danny, that's much like you got in the business, right? Uh, fishing guide and bartender. Yeah, right? very similar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome, though. And I love that you said, you know, it, it kind of all comes back to people. And, and we talk about that a lot. What, what's kind of your favorite part of just the business over the years? It's changed so much. And, but, you know, they say the more things change, the more things stay the same. What, what's your favorite part of retail? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to people, right? There's uh, such a wide variety of people that I come in contact with on a day to day basis that form some lifelong relationships, you know, people from all walks of life. But just, uh, creating some long-term connections with folks and uh, kind of the reset that we have that Nick mentioned. There's always a lot of challenges. I think this last year has been a great example of that. It never stays the same. Every day is a little bit different, but overall, what a business we're in to, to have a reset every single month and, uh, you know, keep chasing the goal for all the people that I work with on a day-to-day -day basis. So I feel blessed to be in it. So, Bo, we talked about kind of performance a little bit. I think one of the things that I really enjoy about retail automotive and kind of helping dealers is it's not so black and white all the time. There's a lot of different things you can kind of pull and um, to increase performance. And, you know, when you think about it, 
you know, we like to think about kind of the ability to always do it better. And when you get into kind of the siloed departments within a dealership, generally speaking, there's always opportunity to kind of elevate performance. As you work with dealers, how do, how do you go about kind of assessing um, where performance opportunities are? Um, what, what's kind of your process for going through that? Oh, that's a great question, Nick. Thank you. You know, the, the best thing is to sit down and just have a frank conversation with somebody, right? So asking a lot of different questions, try to understand their background, what their philosophy is on the business. And the majority of the times, they, they have a pretty good pulse for where their opportunities are, whether that be finance, fixed operations. And, and once we have an overarching theme from where they've been, some of the struggles um, that they've worked through, really allows us to pinpoint, you know, some target areas. Try not to overcomplicate it. You know, if we can accomplish two or three major items, whether that be two in the F&I department and one in the service department, and maybe it's just the communication amongst those two departments that's the issue. Um, but sitting down, having a, a real in-depth conversation, um, challenging some of the thought processes for the dealer or, or for whoever we're talking about will allow us to kind of get a game plan together and then go gather some more facts. So a lot of times people have a perception of how, how their business is, what their people think, um, and then ultimately what the customer thinks. But uh, the best way that that we like to approach it or that I do would be, you know, let's go put our hands on the situation. Let, let's let's watch a deal happen. Let's watch a service rider, right? Walk around a, a car and, and do an active delivery and set the next appointment and putting your eyes on it and getting yourself in that situation will just teach you more than any other thing that we could do. So people, when you sit down in front of them, will will tell you a lot of things that they normally do, but more times the case is that they have a, a perception of what the best thing to do, but their implementation or their actual actions, you know, just say a different thing. Um, so lots of questions, game plan, and then a, and then a circle back with some accountability, um, I, I think is just a great recipe for success um, and trying not to overcomplicate it. Yeah. Amy, what are some yeah. of your thoughts there? I figured you'd like that uh, small steps. No, I think it's it's great. And, and you mentioned kind of not overcomplicating it, picking a couple of things and saying like, these are the big rocks that we want to move right now. And, and you know, such a an interesting business that has so many moving parts and kind of setting your sights and setting your intentions on a couple of things and moving the rock there, I think is it, it makes a lot of sense. Bo, uh, you know, you, you have a lot of relationships and sight lines through the Southeast with dealers. I'm curious, as we start this new year, what are you hearing? What are some of the trends that, that you're hearing? What questions are popping up consistently in your mind that dealers should be thinking about this January? Yeah, thanks, Danny. Uh, you know, if, if I had to boil down a couple of the themes that I, I see the most right now, um, the obvious one is inventory, right? So what's the used car market going to do? We've probably overextended a little bit on the some of the used side for LTV and advances and, and some of the things that our banks are doing right now. And, you know, quite simply, we've got to have something to sell. Inventory has yeah. been a challenge across all manufacturers. Uh, we are going to see some, you know, return to normal, if you will, uh, of inventory throughout the year, but we just don't know when that's going to be. The major theme that I talk about on a day-to-day -day basis is what have we learned, you know, from this inventory shortage, the change in our business model recently, with manufacturers giving less incentives, right? Obviously less allocation. It's really caused us to take some more time on every single transaction. 
how can we profit? And everybody's done a great job, but how can we now profit for people ordering vehicles rather than, you know, having three, four or 500 in stock on a day-to-day basis? So, you know, in my opinion, the pendulum's really swung from a race to the bottom to, man, we're, we're doing a great job with gross profit, both, you know, on the front end of the transaction and in F&I, but what are some of the major lessons that we can take away from this, you know, lift in success we've had? Is the average salesperson, right, going to continue to ask questions and have the mindset that we can, you know, that we can change our business to the better? Ultimately, I don't think we're going to stay in this, you know, far side of the pendulum, but what a great win will be if we don't swing all the way back to, you know, a race to the bottom on the front end uh, equation of, of, of sales and, you know, taking our time with the customer and hearing what they have to say is going to benefit us in the long run. But were you seeing kind of dealers or, or is there any concern around kind of this uh, market and the inventory challenges creating bad habits with salespeople? Is there any kind of concern from, from your discussion around that? Well, I think it's inevitable, right? When uh, when we all get used to making the you know the profit margins that we do today, and it's not a typical sales world where a customer's right. calling you, you know, begging you to get a specific model, and they don't care what color it is or what kind of trim options it has on it. That's just not a a typical sales environment that we live in. So, the number one thing I'll point to is people that have gotten into the business throughout the pandemic, right? Wow. Creating a false sense. Of, of the environment that we currently work in. But they've, they've also only seen it one way. So right. they don't know, you know, they, they don't want to revert back to any of the old habits because they just simply don't have any. So I think it's on, you know, top of mind for the majority of the dealers I speak to to retain the right talent, retain people. Um, and it's something that we're going to continue to, you know, try to come up with innovative ways and, and, and attract, you know, some of the higher quality people that we need in our industry you know, to propel us for the future. There's no secret with the online presence and and all of the other things that are going on in our industry right now. The consumers are changing as well as, you know, the the people that are being recruited into stores. So there's a great shift. And I think the people that are capitalizing on some of that online activity and, you know, customer experience are the ones that are not just seeing a lift, but seeing some great customer CSI at the same time. What are you seeing yourself from a, uh, when you talk about kind of that online to in-store, I think there's a lot of buzz and uh, technology certainly been an accelerator for dealerships. Uh, it's also been an accelerator for the consumer as well, but it's not this perfect ecosystem, right? You talk about kind of two different processes. I mean, how, what are your kind of recommendations to a dealer for how to kind of handle those, those two worlds? Yeah, when it's not a new thing, trying trying to convert our business to online and trying to do, you know, capture more activity. You know, a lot of people, and, and there's a lot around the country right now, especially in the Southeast that are getting engaged with a customer online and, and complete the deal, you know, completely online. The facts are, it's just a small subset of our business right now. There's no doubt that our business is going to go there at some point. We don't believe that the brick and mortar car dealership is going away by any any form or fashion. And, and the people, whether it be Smart Path, it's a Toyota solution, Prodigy, Roadster, AutoFi. There's, you know, not to leave any out, Darwin. There's just so many solutions right now. But the fact is, integrating from the DMS all the way to the end solution, you know, it's probably not as seamless as it needs to be in all, <laughs> all the different avenues right now. But where people are really, or dealers are 
really starting to, to make some ground is we know that the consumer spends an enormous amount of time online. And the Amazon model, the Google research, whatever you want to call it, the ones that are capturing the information, the time that they've spent, all of the energy online and getting them to the point where they drop off and want to come touch it, love it, feel it. You know, I would tell you to look at yourself, anybody that you know in your family, we're, we're in the business and I still want to see, you know, yeah. the new pickup truck before I buy it, right? So if I want to do that and I know everything about uh, the ins and outs of a car dealership, I just don't think we're all the way there yet. But if they can, you know, if, if there's a one to 10 step and I don't have to repeat step one through seven, oh man, my experience is so much better when I get to the store, you know, verifying, hey, I see you left off at step seven. Let me take just a quick minute to make sure we're on the same page. And then only having eight, nine and 10 left to do at the store. There's less time they spend there, better satisfaction and uh, really acknowledging all the work they've done. It's going to be an overall better experience for the customer. It, it seems to me that kind of one thread that needs to be in place um, for that end-to-end -end consumers is around trust. And I kind of, I'm of the, I generally buy the same vehicle. The, the car does not mean as much to me as it does from others. But like my biggest hesitancy is around kind of trust with the dealer. And I, where I found myself kind of um, starting to question or shy away from kind of the experience is when I get asked the same question multiple times. It's like, hey, I already did kind of these steps. You should have this information. And it's not just automotive PS, right? This could be any kind of consumer experience where, and then I'm getting to talk to a person and they're like, oh, well, what's your account number again? What's your, well, I already put it in. I already gave it to you. And that's where I think things for my own self, I get very kind of anxious and like this aggravated is probably the, the appropriate term. And I think the kudos to you for saying, hey, we've got to make sure that we've got processes in place to um, give credit to the customer for the work they've already done. If it's one through seven, if it's step one, or if it's one through 11, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. I think the thing as an industry that we've got to wrap our heads around is, you know, we've been very successful for so long with your, you know, the traditional business model that we've had and man, it's been fantastic recently. Right. But, you know, the hard trends are in the future that people want, you know, the omni channel approach where I can email, text, call, look at your website, look at Google, look at reviews, and then ultimately, you know, come to the facility and, and have a face-to-face -face conversation. We need to verify, and right, I think it's important that that I bring up, you know, F&I is a huge portion of the online presence right now. Sure. I don't think that we want to forget about it, but the things that we're, that we're learning right now is, you know, people are willing to buy a lot more than we could sell. So giving yeah. them the information, and then still having that backstop that they can be in front of a finance manager, albeit on FaceTime, right, on their computer or ultimately in person, we're not seeing much of a drop off of performance just because the customer feels, you know, in a safe space to your point. So um, know those are the things that we're exploring the best way, you know, to, to bring it back up a second time, a third time. But it's very interesting. We're making a lot of progress that I think the consumers were like in the long term. You know, it's interesting, and we could probably go on about this next topic, but we could have a whole other podcast. The, you know, I think one of the things we're seeing as a business is um, performance is, is higher in some of those um, virtual transactions. And one of the things in talking with consumers is their, their guard actually comes down. And we don't think about that. It's like, oh, you're sitting across from somebody, but there's this natural kind of 
um, resistance to, hey, I know what's coming next, F&I, they're going to try to sell me and do all these things. But in that virtual environment, for whatever reason, consumers feel more comfortable and kind of less intimidated by, um, by the moment. But um, Danny, what are some of your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt that a part of that comes down to just control. Mm-hmm. And when you're home and you're on your laptop and you're building the car and you're doing that, maybe it's step one through five or step one through six, like you have the ability and the control to do exactly what you want to do, put in the exact amount of information that you want to put in and opt in or opt out of whatever that may be at your own comfort level. And kind of being in the store may look a little bit different um, depending on kind of your own process and the way that you, you structure your sales process. And so, Bo, a question I have as we're talking about this and kind of the different processes, multiple processes in store, online, a combination, you know, January kind of represents an interesting time. A lot of times we, we kind of sit back and we, we think about and we're very reflective. If, if I'm a dealer listening to this and I'm thinking, you know, it, it's not as seamless as it could be. My process could, could maybe elevate a little bit this year. Where do you start? What, what questions do you start asking? Where, where do you kind of, what's step one to maybe elevating your process? Yeah, my, my first uh, step would be, you know, talk to your people. Don't be afraid to talk to some of the, the sales staff, the, the service staff as well. I mean, I think uh, they live it on a day-to-day basis. I think sometimes they're a little shy to, to share their experiences, thoughts, uh, you know, and, and some benefits that we could have to the process. And then not to be selfish, but engage our team, right? So we have a lot of information that comes at us from a lot of different channels. Um, and we also have the benefit of going in to a lot of different organizations to see, you know, what what they potentially do a little bit better than other stores. Um, so it's a great data source for us, you know, that centralizes information that we can give you at least a couple of different paths to run down um, because there's not one solution to any of this. Some stores are early adopters to, to new processes and, and some are sure reluctant to change. So it's not a, a full bore approach by any means, but if you can take a couple of steps in the right direction as we learn and as things change, because um, we still think there's going to be some consolidation, you know, in the, in the online space, whether that's um, in the DMS space, whether that's, you know, in an online retail environment, there's going to be some change over the next couple of years just due to technology. So allow us to know where you're at today through some conversation questions like we talked about earlier with Nick, and then we can get some of our team that, that specialize in the things that we're talking about uh, to come sit down and, and give you a real in-depth analysis, trying to, you know, get you in line for the goals that, that you have. But don't overcomplicate it, as I said it earlier. Let's know where you're at today. We can give you some different solutions that, that best align with the culture of your store, and uh, we'll kind of take it from there. Oh, I think that's uh, fantastic and probably a perfect note to kind of wrap up um, our conversation. I think, you know, we talked about it earlier. 2021 was a heck of a year. I know that, um, you know, one thing I know about the dealer body for sure is they always like to keep moving forward and, you know, we chin to one bar and there's a new bar. So I'm sure, certainly right. excited for uh, 2022 and all that it holds. I know, I know you are too. So um, thanks for joining yeah. us today. Thanks so much, guys. Nick, Danny, I really appreciate it. I'll just close with, 
it's going to be a great year. We're uh, we're forecasting a, a year a lot, not a lot better, but better than 2021. And uh, we're bullish on the future. So the lessons we've learned, the things that we've been through this last year have taught us a bunch. And uh, please don't hesitate to reach out with us, you know, with any questions or, or information that you need. Well, thanks, Bo. I appreciate your time today. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Be sure to keep listening to The Walk Around as we explore the retail automotive space to keep up with the leaders that are influencing the retail automotive landscape today. We really appreciate you joining us today. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and share it with your friends.